0: This station is now the ultimate power in the universe.
1: I suggest we use it. The body pushing stops here. Plug the radio in. Yeah, cause I can't.
2: Once again, it's time for Evidence for Faith on WIBG 1020 AM. The weekly This is the weekly program that helps Christians to become thinkers and thinkers to become Christians. I'm Kirk Hastings. Uh, Keith Kendricks is still away this week in Israel taking a tour of that country. And uh, we're hope, hoping that when he gets back next week, he'll give us a report on his visit. But, uh, Keith, if you're listening uh, over the computer or somewhere, I hope you're having a good time over there. Also, uh, we should mention that we are supported in part by Grace Community Church in Waterford Works, New Jersey. And if you'd like to listen to podcasts of previous episodes of our program, they are available on our website, which you can find at wwwevidence 4 faithcom and if you'd like to ask us a question during our program today, you can also email us at evidence, the number four, faith at gmail.com. We are pleased to announce that today we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Peter Boyce, who is the Constitution Party congressional candidate for New Jersey District 2 of the House of Representatives. Was. 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 Okay. That
0: was the last campaign. <laughs>
2: okay yeah Uh you grew up in the Bronx I understand and uh, attended City College of New York and you've lived in South Jersey for 40 years now right now I'm running for state assembly okay state District. assembly yeah. so we can consider you a native then since you've been here for 40 years
0: uh, yeah I guess I'm just about a native now just, I'm <laughs> just okay. some I'm a newcomer
2: yeah. okay uh, Mr. Boyce has had uh, quite a uh, background here. I have a list of some of the things that he's been involved with. He's In the past, he's been a, com- a commercial fisherman, uh, newspaper advertising salesman, real estate broker, hotel-motel owner-operator, restaurateur, printer, and you have been the owner and operator of Delmont Sawmill for the last 29 years, yep. is that correct?
0: Yep. It's a lot like work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And you also find time to be a political activist, and you're an expert on the U.S. Constitution.
0: Well, I don't know, expert. I, uh, I love the Constitution. I teach Constitution courses. Okay. Just recently graduated 150. From a, it's a free 12-week course, and we taught the course in, in Cumberland, Gloucester, and Salem counties. Graduated 150 constitutionalists. Okay. A liberal politicians' worst nightmare to have that many constitutionalists. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet <laughs> in the district. Yeah, we well, want to get a course started in Cape May County. So that's one of the things we want to talk about on during the during the hour. Okay. So people can contact us and sign up for the course that we're going to give in Cape May County.
2: Sounds good. Okay, and uh, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But first, we have a quote of the week for you. I'd like to uh, continue this tradition that Keith does every week. The quote I have this week is from a man named Whitaker Chambers, who was an American writer and editor who started out as a Marxist and a communist, but later in his life he became a Christian. And he said, quote, man without God is a beast, and never more beastly than when he is most intelligent about his
0: beastliness. <laughs> How do you like that Yeah, one? He, was, he turned out to be one of the good guys, Whitaker Chambers. It took yes. tremendous courage for him to put his life on the line and then... And, uh, go with God.
2: I looked up uh, his his biography on the internet last night, and he had quite an interesting life. He didn't start out well, but he ended up being a Christian and renouncing his uh, Marxism and communism and all the other isms that he was in, so, and became quite a uh, popular Christian author. Okay, so let's bring on Mr. Boyce today, and uh, I have a couple of questions here we'd like to... uh, ask uh you mentioned that you've been teaching courses on the constitution can
0: you tell the listeners a little bit more about that okay let's well just it's a free 12 week course I didn't prepare it it was prepared by a, a team of constitutional lawyers from program and peruca okay um dr Aidsmo is the uh, he's the main speaker the video presentation each uh, and then with my comments during the during the class um so it's it's very well very well done um the first, probably about the first three classes are very much about America's roots, our Judeo-Christian roots, and mm-hmm. what the source of law is. And I really break it down that, uh... A lot of the concepts
2: are, in our Constitution are based on Christian and biblical oh, ideas, bet, aren't bet,
0: they? You bet, entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the, uh, the founders, many of them studied personally directly under, under Blackstone, William Blackstone, um... And what he, what he taught was uh, law can be break, broken down into three forms. There's uh, revealed law, which mm-hmm. is found in the Holy Scripture in the Bible, it's the Ten Commandments. Right. Uh, there's a law of nature, which is revealed by God through reason and conscience. Right? Okay. And then there's municipal law, which is enacted by civil government. Right. And the thing to understand is municipal law is only valid if it conforms to revealed law and natural law. Right. Just because something is a law doesn't mean it's automatically valid. Or it doesn't mean it's automatically right. All our moral moral precepts. Right. Like that. So the Course begins with that foundation and lays it very strongly uh, that our our founders had very strong Christian beliefs. In fact, uh, I have some quotations I brought with me. One I I have memorized. It's by uh, John Adams who... uh, he said, uh, our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. The whole premise, I'd like to say, it's the, uh, it's the freedom equation. Mm-hmm. And the one side of the freedom equation is the Constitution. And the Constitution is the law of the land. So the whole purpose of the Constitution isn't to govern the people. It's to govern the government to restrain the government to within very narrow boundaries of just protecting our God-given rights, and other than that, staying off our backs and out of our pockets. Right. But in order, and that's, that's the definition of freedom. As uh, it was said by uh, Edmund Burke, the, the essence of freedom is the proper limitation of government, not no government, that's anarchy, just the proper limitation, right. just enough to protect our God-given rights and otherwise leave us alone. Right. Now, in order for that to take, in order for us to enjoy that freedom, in order for that to work on the other side of the equation, there has to be internal moral restraints. That's why Adam said it's only for moral and religious people. We have to exercise internal moral restraints through the Ten Commandments, obeying the Ten Commandments. In fact, uh, I'd made the comment just before the show that uh, when the Supreme Court decided to take the Ten Commandments off the walls of the schoolhouses across America, Mm -hmm. they made that decision as they're sitting – in the room, in the Supreme Court chamber, and etched in stone in the very room that they're sitting on in, is yeah. Moses holding the Ten Commandments. Right. So, uh, does that make any that's sense? A defini- no. <laughs> definition of hypocrisy. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. And and uh, now we're we're seeing the fruits mm-hmm. of that. Is that uh, as there's uh, more and more of a uh, erosion. Of morality in America, there's more and more need for government to micromanage our lives. That's right. Just yep. one fo- follows one follows the other. Uh, on the, conversely, the um, slogan or the motto of the state of New Jersey is liberty and prosperity. Right. And the reason for that is the founders knew that prosperity follows liberty as surely as wet streets follow rain. If people have liberty, they're going to prosper. There's nothing more motivating for people to work hard. To invent, invest, and so on, then the knowledge that they're going to be able to keep what they produce for themselves, their children, their community, local community. Yeah. And there's nothing more discouraging than to know that you're working and whatever you produce is going to be taken away. Right. That's, that's slavery. Yeah. Um. So that's why America prospered so greatly, and the situation that we're in now is uh, an economic crisis, call it a recession or a depression, whatever you call it. Everyone acknowledges, yeah, that's not as good as it was some years ago. That's the symptom. The economy is the symptom. The cause is the erosion of liberty, and the cause of the erosion of liberty is because we've shifted off our moral foundation. We've shifted away from right. the Ten Commandments and the moral precepts, the absolutes.
2: We've gotten away from the
0: moral ideas of not spending
2: what you don't have and not amassing debt, for instance. That's right.
0: You could ask, you could ask a, a fourth grader, you know, is it good to uh, give money away? If uh, if you already are broke, <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> give away money with, you don't have. <laughs> one of the things we do is, uh, other other than teaching the constitution courses, I give powerpoints on specific subjects, like mm-hmm. constitutional convention or foreign aid or immigration and so on. So the one we give about foreign aid, there are only three countries in the world that America doesn't give foreign aid to. i just read that
2: recently it was i I read the number it's something like 147 countries or something we give foreign aid to and i'm like wow
0: (laughs) okay one of the countries that we give foreign aid to is communist china so we borrow we borrow money from them on the future labor of our children and our grandchildren and then we turn around and give them foreign aid
2: yeah does that make sense no
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it I'm, make, I'm, I'm it just afraid that one of these s-
2: days they're going to call all our debts in it and ma- it's going to be the Chinese states of America It makes or total something. sense
0: to someone's pocket and not <laughs> the taxpayers, that's for sure. Yeah, the uh, biblical principle, the borrower is servant to the lender.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, Communist China, well, without getting into their, their history, uh, it's not good for America to be uh, subject to such a lender. Obviously. Uh, we need to get our own house in order. And... Uh, the way to do that, well, part of the problem, I'd uh, called into a radio show, I guess it was earlier today, right? the Debbie Gallo show, is that, what, is that what it was, I had called in, I was listening to the show, we have some ads running there, and I called into the show, and uh, earlier in the show, she had raised the question, uh, when did, no, it wasn't the Debbie Gallo show, it was a different one, anyway. Yeah, what's the different was yesterday? I am not to get it right. I mentioned her Mr. name. And Mr. Boyce's right. wife is here, and he's talking <laughs> to her. In case you're wondering
2: who he's uh,
1: <laughs> looking yeah, to so for information
0: c- here. I don't want to catch it on the way home. He's like the rest don't. of us husbands. He goes to
2: the wife for all the information. I've married long
0: enough to know who the boss is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Anyway, so the the question was raised, regardless of which show it was, the question was raised, when did this all start? And I I called up to to say, well, you know, uh, it started way back. You might say it started back in the Garden of Eden when, uh, you know, Satan said, you know, know, uh, (laughs) disobey God and you'll be as God. But anyway, more recently, 1913, when the Federal Reserve Act was passed. Now the constitution is real clear it says congress shall coin money meaning we're supposed to have gold and silver coin to back by our money should be backed by something of intrinsic value right uh, congress shall coin money and set the value thereof but 1913 december 23rd that night so you picture it now this is december 23rd this is the night before christmas eve congress is anxious to adjourn for the holidays okay that mm-hmm. late that night with a handful uh present they pushed through the Federal Reserve Act, and what that did, it transferred illegally transferred the authority of, that Congress was entrusted by the people to coin money and set the value thereof to a group of private bankers. And hmm. gradually, this group of private bankers, the Federal Reserve, which are not part of the federal government, the private bankers gradually took us off the backing of gold and silver, to where now they can essentially create money out of thin air. So what's happened is over the over the years, the value of our of our money, as they Create more and more money; the value of the of the money drops. I Goes remember, down, right? Yeah, I remember being uh, eight years old. and It's going to reveal my age. Nineteen fifty-seven. I was eight years old. My father bought a new station wagon. I'm as an eight-year-old now riding in the back of the station wagon. He pu- pulls up to a gas pump, and I remember vividly the price on the pump was twenty-seven cents a gallon. Okay. Now, at that time, a quarter was real silver. It was almost a quarter ounce of silver. Yeah, okay. Right. So a quarter. This is this is the thing to understand. A quarter ounce of silver basically bought a gallon of gasoline. Now if you've got silver today, a quarter ounce of silver, again easily buys a gallon of gasoline and then some now. The price of silver's up even more. Mm-hmm. So silver hasn't changed. Silver is still silver and gasoline is still gasoline. But now gasoline is four dollars a gallon. So what's happened is the value of our money has dropped to where it takes that many more dollars to buy that same gallon of gasoline. Right. And that's because of, that's because of the influence, that's because of that that uh, unconstitutional violation of transferring that authority to a group of private bankers. Yeah. Uh, so take it from there. Now, let's suppose prior to 1913, if America had to fight a war and uh, Congress passes a, a declaration of war, which of course we haven't done since World War II, but Congress passes a declaration of war, okay, we need money, we need to raise a billion dollars to fight a war, they go to the Treasury, and let's suppose the Treasury doesn't have it, mm-hmm. and Congress says, well, We've got to fight a war, you got to, you got to get it. Treas- the Treasury could print up a billion dollars worth of paper currency, and what that would do, it would dilute the value of all the current currency that's already in circulation. Right. And the cost to the American people would be that resulting inflation, the dilution in the value of the money, plus the cost of the paper and the ink to print up the extra currency. Right. Okay? And that's prior to the Federal Reserve Act. But once a group of private bankers now have, have the ability to create the money out of thin air, now if we have to fight a war... President goes to the United Nations, gets, gets <laughs> permission, permission, first. Gets permission <laughs> <laughs> comes comes back, uh, goes to the Treasury, you know, well, we've got to fight a war, we need a trillion dollars, and uh, Treasury says, well, we don't have it. Well, we get it, we've got to fight a war against uh, whatever, illiteracy. <laughs> and uh, now the Treasury doesn't have that authority. Treasury goes to the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve bankers say, well, sure, We'll give it we'll get get it for you. They create it out of thin air and then loan it to us at interest, taking back interest bearing treasury bonds as collateral mm-hmm. okay now if you put yourself in the position of those federal reserve bankers that you can create the money out of thin air, loan it to the to the people and then draw interest on it every time that you can involve America in a war, you'd make a fortune, yeah. Funny, we're involved in so many wars with very uh, nebulous definitions and purposes as to why we're there.
2: You think part that's of it is a financial read, reason? Got to read
0: between the lines. Yeah, got to read For between. For some people, anyway. Between the purpose of America's military is to protect American lives and American property, not to be the policeman of the world. If yep. we really, you know, if we're really uh, serious about fighting terror, our own border, our own border with Mexico and our border with Canada—that's a very good place to start. Yeah, you know that. Um, it's approximately 7,000 per day come across our border illegally. Mm-hmm. Illegal in- America, First, let me preface this by saying I'm not against immigration. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a product of immigration. Both sure. my grandparents came from, from Italy. My other grandparents came from Ireland. I'm a product of it, but they came here legally. Mm-hmm. Okay. 7,000 cross our border every day illegally. INS figures show that 15% approximately of that 7,000 are felons. Rapists, murderers, child molesters, drug smugglers, human traffickers, mm-hmm. and so on. That's approximately 1,000 a, a day that would fall into the category real clearly of being terrorists in our, so- in our society. Yeah. Yet, our borders remain wide open. But in the meantime, they're frisking grandmom at the airport. They're groping women at the airport making them go through the, these scanners, subjecting right. them to x-rays and what have you, in the name of fighting terrorism. Yeah. Now, there's something much more going on. We're being conditioned. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I need to get. I didn't make it to Congress. I would have uh, made a difference. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like you would have had I had I made (laughs) to Congress. But even getting to the state legislature, I can make a big difference because the states have the state legislators have tremendous authority, if they understand what that authority is and have the backbone to exercise it specifically. The Tenth Amendment, that any any powers not specifically delegated to the federal government by the by the states. Are reserved to the states and to the people, respectively. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, there's nothing in the U.S. Constitution about Obamacare, Cap and Trade, Food Modernization Act. All these these federal legislation, piece of federal legislation, that are bankrupting the American people, yeah. strangling small businesses and so on. Yeah. All New Jersey has to do is what other states have already begun doing: is simply passing resolutions nullifying those acts as n- being uh, null and void in our state. It's in Montana. As an example, Montana has decided with regards to gun laws that uh, the federal gun laws will not apply in the state of Montana, that Montana will be able to manufacture its own firearms, sell them within the state, and any ATF agents enter the state trying to enforce federal firearms leg- uh, laws will be arrested.
2: Really? And they can charged do that. With,
0: Charged with felonies. Wow. It's just it's the people, the people, the whole premise that we're founded upon— is that our rights come from God. We hold these truths it was in the Declaration of Independence, which could yep. be considered the true preamble of the Constitution. Right. We hold these truths to be self-evident, no debate. That all men are created equal, endowed right. by their Creator, God. It's an acknowledgement of God. Right. That among these are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, unalienable because they come from God, not from government. Right. But among these life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, and governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. Men, people form a government. They get the rights from God. They form the government by delegating some of that authority to the government. Right. So therefore, if the only authority the government has is one to protect our rights and the only government it has the only authority it has it received from the people, it could not have authority beyond what it received from the people. So if I, as an individual, do not have a God-given right to reach into your pocket and take the fruits of your labor to send to China or wherever... For foreign aid or whatever, whatever unconstitutional program, if I do not, ha- as an individual, don't have a God-given right to do that, I could never have delegated that authority to the federal government. Right. They don't have it. Right. They assumed it. Okay. Well, likewise, the people formed the state governments. The states formed the federal government. If that authority was never delegated to the federal government, the states and the people have the authority under the Tenth Amendment to tell them, No, we're not going to. We're not going to. Uh, enforce that law in the state of new jersey Hmm. in addition things like immigration laws that uh, uh, illegal immigration costs new jersey over two billion dollars annually in social services education incarceration and so on not to mention uh, crime right not to say that all crime comes from illegals but there's quite a bit there's enough to be serious concern okay there's a federal law It's 287G, I guess, or the INS, that uh, local law enforcement officers, state police, and so on, with just a little bit of training, can enforce the federal legislation, can enforce the federal immigration laws and correct the problem in New Jersey. Hmm. So there's a lot can be done on the state level if if the people that are elected understand their authority and are willing to exercise that authority for the sake of our posterity. It's our children and grandchildren that are, I mean... You're about as old as I am, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, many years Close. how many more years do <laughs> we have left? But, but what we have to do, we have responsibility before God, you know, to, to be responsible to our children and our grandchildren, and America's children and grandchildren, being yep. sold into slavery. They're literally going into economic bondage with what's being, what's being done to us.
2: Well, how do you feel about the idea of the nanny state, that we've come to the point where government doesn't just protect our rights, as you just said, that now it's morphing into something that, Takes care wants to take care of our every need.
0: They get they get away with it. Yeah, they get away with it because the people have the the understanding of the of the proper purpose of government. The role of government has been lost. Mm -hmm. Kids aren't being taught about the Constitution. In fact, recently laws passed in Florida. It's called the Sun Sunshine Sunshine Standard, Standard, where they're not going to teach anything about the uh, the founding uh, until after the uh, Reconstruction period. Of the Civil War. So there's nothing about the Founders, nothing about the Declaration, nothing about the Constitution. It isn't that convenient if you wanted to produce hmm. uh, a, a population that has no understanding and no uh, will or backbone to stand up to uh, usurpations of our, of our liberty. All right. And that's what's happening. People are being dumbed down. That's why these courses are so, so vital. And people's eyes are just opened up after a short couple of weeks they realize, I, I can't believe I never, I was never taught this stuff. Right. it's just so fun and and it's so joined with christianity in fact i've got a couple of great quotes here let's see here we are here's one james madison i don't think i've read this one yet james madison the father known as the father of the constitution right he says we have staked the whole future of american civilization not upon the power of government far from it we have staked the future of all our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. Hmm. I mean, unless, Boy, I wouldn't unless, get away with that quote today. Unless Christians get involved, we're going to lose by default. We're going to lose our freedom and people aren't going to realize how precious it is what they that they lost until after it's too late to get it back. Right? I
2: wonder if that's not an accident then that in the past few years there's been kind of this movement to remove the Ten Commandments from like City-owned exactly right. properties and city That's halls. That's exactly right. That's why i so We're listening. getting away from this idea of these original laws that our government is uh, supposed to be based on.
0: Something you were saying before the before the show, and we had a minute to chat, and you were me about the living.
2: Yeah, um, about some people believe the Constitution as a, as a is living a living doc- document, which means basically we can change it any way we want.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, here's one right here you just have to mention. That. I'm looking at the quotation here. Again, by James Madison. It sounds like we have a phone call. Okay, well, let's take the phone call in. Okay, we'll do that you first, and then we'll get to your the over- You caller overrides James Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Yes,
1: good afternoon. Uh, Nate Nathanson from Liberty and Prosperity. Good yes. afternoon, Peter. Hi, Nate. Gustos, how are you? Oh, good. Thank uh, you.
0: Thanks for calling.
1: Thank you. First a comment and then a question for Peter. Um, I know Peter very well. He's attended many meetings, and I want to salute him. Because too many elected officials and campaigners to be officials do not talk about illegal immigration. And New Jersey is a sanctuary state, as Peter well knows, and he's correct. It has cost over $2 billion last year to house, incarcerate, educate, feed, and all the entitlement programs. And this state is virtually broke like the rest of the country. And our politicians have to get behind the cause and enforce those borders, enforce the statute 287G, as Peter suggested, Mm -hmm. which is only done in two of the 21 counties in New Jersey. And where it's done, it is successful. It gives law enforcement border-like powers to stop, detain, hold for ICE, whether it's a felon or not. And that has to be done. Our sheriff, this county, has tried to get it done, but the funds have been withdrawn nationwide because you've got a liberal uh, president and administration. And uh, my question for Peter is... Sure, I hope it's an
0: easy one, Nate. Oh, <laughs> I know you're a very knowledgeable guy. <laughs> um, I,
1: just, I learned some stuff from you. Okay. Um, Allison McCose, an assemblywoman, yeah. uh, excellent conservative Republican, Put a bill not to give illegals a state driver's license, I believe, and an education, an in-state tuition, which the taxpayer would have to subsidize. If you were in the Assembly, okay, uh, I would assume that you would support her and support any avenue that prevents illegals from getting a free ride. Uh, I, I must make a note that I have nothing against legal immigrants. They come here, work hard, learn our language, and have allegiance to this state and this country. But what I have a problem with, as Peter, is that they send back $50 billion a year, B, untaxed, to Mexico and other countries, and that's why the the president of Mexico uh, so is against, uh, you know, that we take the position... You know with illegals and uh, I'll hang up and listen and Peter fight the good fight Catherine and uh, you got my support thank, thank you so much
0: thank you Nate uh, yeah in answer to your question uh, Allison McCoe, she's uh, she's definitely one of the good ones in the state assembly uh, one of my heroes there uh, she has a whole series of bills dealing with illegal immigration and that's uh, probably the first thing I'm going to do God willing when I'm elected is to sign on as a co-sponsor to her bills on on illegal immigration, dealing with illegal immigration, is that simple? The bill's are already written, already introduced. I just sign on as a co-sponsor and then uh, pick up the uh, you know next phase of uh, of my agenda to uh, take back our our state, and uh, therein begins uh, such things as uh, exercising the Tenth Amendment. I hope to lead my fellow Assemblymen in uh, exercising a Tenth Amendment rights and nullification, and deal with Obamacare, Cap-and-Trade, Food Modernization Act, and such, and send them back to Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, stand, you know, Nullified, exceeding the authority, delegated by the people of New Jersey to the federal government, as enumerated in Article One, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution. Just, uh, uh, Before the, you uh, yeah. continue
2: with your answer, just let me uh, mention, for anybody that's just joining us, so this is Evidence for Faith on WIBG 1020 AM. And I'm Kirk Hastings, and we're here with Mr. Peter Boyce today, whom we're interviewing. And we just had a very interesting call-in that we're responding to.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, um, further in re- in response to Nate's Nate's call, uh, immigration and uh, nullification. Okay. Mm-hmm. That um, the National ID Act was being pushed. It's basically. Uh, it's un- it was under the guise of um, dealing with illegal immigration. But I, what it came down to was basically uh, uh, a system of being able to tr- track American citizens, mm-hmm. a blatant violation of our Fourth Amendment rights uh, that we secure in our papers, houses, papers, and effects. Um, so anyway, uh, 37 states passed resolutions uh, nullifying the national ID act really wow so at that point you know if 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 one or two states nullify a federal act a piece of legislation uh at that point then the federal courts want to step in and sue the states but when the states act in unison that many states 37 Mm -hmm. uh passed resolutions nullifying national id act wow federal government figures no sense even challenging it and we conquered it that way on the state level we conquered this thing
2: now, that brings to mind, uh, when you're talking about this national ID thing, it sounds to me like they're, another way that they're trying to get around this is with the Obamacare, With the, they're going to try to do it through the medical system now. Everyone will have to have a medical yeah. ID card, and that's another way they could real, do that. A real, real dangerous piece of legislation. Yeah. Is, um, they get the ID card, but they just do it through the medical system instead of the political creates system. creates
0: 150 new federal agencies that are unanswerable to the American people unbelievable uh, if you read anyone uh, looks it up on on the internet it's it's actually it's not obama it's not official name isn't obamacare it's the patient protection affordable care act if you look up section 1553 that's a section that deals with uh abortion assisted suicide euthanasia and so Mm on also uh, speaks of um community what's the word i'm looking community health centers where. Teams, basically, teams of social workers are going to be going into every home. They're uh, beginning in the low-income areas, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll go into every home and evaluate every home as far as the uh, parent-child relationships and and all what they're eating, how they're living, and every aspect of our lives. I mean, it's a talk about intrusion into your private dream. life. Um, when Lenin, right, Nikolai Lenin, one of the most evil men that ever lived, a man that a man that said the greatest cruelty is a merit, a man who invented concentration camps long before it came to the depraved mind of Adolf Hitler, not to mm. minimize his atrocities. Yeah. Lenin said that national health care, socialized medicine, national health care is the keystone in the arch of the socialist state. Oh, wonderful. It gives, <laughs> it, gives, it gives totalitarian government, socialist government the greatest power to micromanage the most intimate details of every person's life yeah that's and where
2: i think they're headed with this if they know, can't get it through politics they'll get it's it the through same ag-
0: it's the same agenda healthcare. with the global with the global warming and yeah. uh you know god bless uh governor christie for having the the good sense uh with some pressure from groups like like liberty and prosperity thanks mm-hmm. nate did a good job there <laughs> groups like liberty and prosperity and a tea party and so on yeah. that uh uh caused him to see the uh, the light of day and uh, withdraw from RIGI, Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. And That's all yeah. about the global warming. When you think about it, it was all about uh, controlling carbon emissions. Well, virtually everything we do that involves energy involves carbon emissions. Right. So by controlling carbon emissions, they can pretty much control every aspect of our lives, yeah. certainly of our business, of our industry, and inti- ultimately into the homes and every aspect of our lives. So it's the same agenda. It's about control. But from a different angle, from the yeah. angle of the environment. For those that, are, that feel that, oh, well, we shouldn't have pulled out a Reggie, What's going to happen with global warming? They need to look up, go online, look up the Petition Project. 32,000 American scientists. Right? Now, there's a, people say, oh, well, uh, you know, debate is over. Global warming is a reality. That's far uh-huh. from it. 32,000 American scientists, real scientists, astrophysicists, meteorologists, oceanographers, over 9,000 with PhDs have signed this petition stating there is no solid scientific evidence to back up the global warming hypothesis. Mm. It's the yeah, it's the biggest scam ever per- perpetrated on yeah. humanity is global warming. It's all about it's all about uh credits, permits for uh carbon emissions that can be bought up cheaply by insiders and then resold To uh, desperate utility companies uh, and and, uh, speculators, um, at the expense, ultimately at the expense of the uh, utility bill payers, you and I, people trying to keep the refrigerator on from their food spoiling if they have any food left in it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Isn't it amazing how clever human beings are when they want to get control of something and they can't get it one way, so they figure out another way to go at it? That's right. Unbelievable. If
0: they would just, if, if, if they would just, it's so much easier, you know, to just do things the right way, you know, just, just obey the moral precepts, do things right. It, it could be wonderful. There's a great, another, reminds me of another quotation that I've got here. Oh, here it is. John Adams, second president. He says, uh, John Adams now, Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged, in conscience, to temperance, frugality, and industry; to justice, <coughs> kindness, and charity towards his fellow men. <coughs> Excuse me, and to piety, love, and reverence towards Almighty God. What a utopia! What a paradise would this region be? Hmm. It's just. Wow, and our second president said that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Funny how all these guys would all these guys would were deists Well even the, there's only was it one was identi- one of the signers was identified as a deist but even the deist it wasn't that he didn't believe in god he just believed there's an impersonal god that god right. created everything and then stepped back from right. his creation and wasn't actively involved in it but, yeah uh wow let me read this one george washington he's certainly one of my heroes uh that's fitting day for you know memorial day tomorrow yes george washington while we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought not to be inattentive to the higher duties of religion. To the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. Hmm. And that goes for Jewish people, too. I mean, the yeah. same, the fundamental precepts. The, the Judeo-Christian of, sure, of the, idea. Sure, of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, they hold. In the fact, that we have a, uh, where's the quotation from the rabbi I know I've got a whole bunch of papers papers here that uh, it would really be a better interview if Catherine were interviewed (laughs) (laughs) Patrick Henry okay okay Uh, Patrick Henry I'll read Patrick Henry and then Rabbi Daniel Lappin okay Patrick Henry it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists but by Christians Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Hmm. Hmm? Wow. Patrick Henry. And then uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Now, this is present day. I've heard him speak. Wonderful speaker. With Quote, without a vibrant and vital Christianity, America is doomed. Now, this is a rabbi speaking. Yeah. Without a vibrant and vital Christianity, America is doomed. And without America, the West is doomed which is why I, an Orthodox Jewish rabbi devoted to Jewish survival, the Torah, and Israel, am so terrified of American Christianity caving in. Hmm. And that's what's, that's what's been happening. Uh, Christians, sad to say, they've fallen so far into their pew pillows that they're no longer effective in uh, preserving the liberty that has uh, afforded them the opportunity to sit in, in church and hear a sermon and be inspired and, uh, and not... Have to be in fear, of having the door of the church kicked in and being hauled off to a gulag. Who would have, have ever to thought? Begin taking a stand because it's coming. When we were growing up,
2: who would have ever thought that we would have come to this point where we would have to so vigorously defend these things that we took for granted? We took back for then. granted. That's right. And now they're slowly slipping away, and it's like you know we're looking around like where did they go? <laughs> it's unbelievable how how things have changed in the past forty or fifty years. It it really is. It's it's
0: it's sad. It's sad. It's Very just, sad. Just, but uh, okay. Okay, here's and here's one of the I had mentioned about 1913, the Federal Reserve right. Act. Okay. And the the
2: one th- thing that I thought of when you were talking about that too was by having something to back your money up. It's like when was the last time you saw a gold or silver certificate dollar bill? For yeah. me, probably yeah, long, 20, 30 years long,
0: ago. long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> long, long time.
2: Yep. And every bill since then is not really backed by anything. Is that right?
0: Federal Reserve notes, legal, yep. legal tender. In fact, that's one of the uh, one of the issues. We don't really have much time to get into it on the show, but uh, what some of the states are doing in anticipation of what's going to happen with the dollar, because it's not, there's no bottom under it. It's, right. It's, it's, it's just a matter of time. It's inevitable.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, what's going to come economically? That's uh, say during the congressional campaign. I used to say economically, we're headed for a train wreck. Mm-hmm. We haven't hit it. We haven't reached it yet. We, this, this is the calm before the storm. We have not hit the economic train wreck, but it's coming. It's inevitable. It'll start in Europe, maybe with Greece, spread to the European Union, and, and it's coming. Yeah, it already has but one, of the things that, one of the things that can be done is, is uh, state legislatures can uh, officially recognize gold and silver as legal tender. Now, according to the U.S. Constitution, they can't make gold, not allowed to make gold and silver coin as a state. They can't, but they can recognize right. gold and silver as legal tender, right. and and set up begin to set up safeguards for when things uh, do become chaotic on a national level. At least in the state, there'll be some order of peace and semblance and normality. Right. Uh, I want to go on. Uh, you had a quote for us. Yeah, this is um, moving up from the treachery of nineteen thirteen. We come up here to uh, nineteen thirty three and the humanist manifesto I'll read this Uh, we live in a time when standards have been lowered when evil is portrayed as good when darkness is portrayed as light in 1913 a group calling themselves humanists created a humanist manifesto that denied the existence of God, because that's the source of our rights. Mm -hmm. If it's not God, then what? Government. It's the government. Government People. Government taketh away, but if God giveth, then it's unalienable. So he denied the existence of God, challenged the worth of religion, trashed the idea of creation, and called for a socialized economic order. One of its signers was John Dewey, the educators whose whose ideas have deeply infected, and the word infected is very accurate, our nation's schools. Let's look at the. Like to He's say considered
2: have, the founder of our modern education system. That's right. System. I'd like
0: to say, you know, with bilingual education, we're graduating kids illiterate in two languages. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Forty years later, 1973, a group of humanists issued Humanist Manifesto II that expanded on the fallacies of its predecessor, still denying God's existence. The newer version insisted that religion does a disservice to man, that esse- ethics is situational, and that national sovereignty should be scrapped in favor of a world community. Mm -hmm. One of the signers of uh, 1973, Humanist Manifesto II, was a Reverend Joseph Fletcher Mm. whose book entitled Situation Ethics led so many to believe that there are no absolute rights and wrongs, that all in the arena of ethics depends on situation. Whenever situation ethics prevails, there are no ethics. There is no absolute morality. Humanist Manifesto too. won praise from the New York Times. They called it, quote, a philosophy for survival. <laughs> well, we knew when I woke up, there was some months ago as I was making the decision, I'm definitely going to run again for each, each time the campaign. As a thought process. Do I really want to do this? Right. I really want to subject myself to this. Right. I, it was at that time, I, one morning, I just woke up and clear as a bell in my mind was the slogan, revival for survival. Um, unless america has a spiritual revival and gets back to our roots gets back to the principles that the constitution is founded on uh-huh. principles embodied in the declaration of independence we're not going to make it we're yeah. not going to survive by manipulations of the money supply by bailouts by uh, maneuverings politically the only way we're really going to make it is to get get address the source of the problem, and that's our the erosion of our morals in America. The erosion, mm-hmm. and that's resulted in the erosion of liberty, and the consequences of the erosion of liberty is our economic crisis, which is going to reach your head pretty soon. And the
2: strange thing is we've already seen a lot of this stuff played out in Europe and other places around the world who have tried all of these things, and they haven't worked, yeah. and it's like, why are we doing it now? <laughs> It's like you know we're repeating the same mistakes that everybody else has made.
0: Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll and mean.
2: we're losing what has made America a unique country.
0: So it's happening quickly.
2: Well, uh, let me ask you: uh, We have a few minutes left. how How's your uh, take on the uh, idea of separation of church and state? How do you feel about what's going on in that arena?
0: Well. Um, the whole idea, there's nothing, th- those words, separation of church, church and state, do not appear in any of our founding documents. They were from a letter that was written by James Madison to the Danbury Baptists, um, not James Madison, uh, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists, assuring them that um, that it's a one-way street, that government will not be permitted to meddle in the affairs of the church. Right. Okay. It's real clear in the in the First Amendment Congress shall make no law respecting meaning establishing respecting right. an establishment of religion that mean when, and what they meant by that didn't mean that they're against religion it meant there was not going to be any particular st- uh, state religion government church it's not official be, religion. Yeah, it's right. not going to be the Presbyterians at the law at the expense of the Baptists. it's not right. going to be the Episcopals at the expense of right it's not going to be the cat you know it's not going to be a state sect right okay. It was, an, uh, it was understood that basically it's, it's the, the Christianity, most of the founders were Christians, and the, and the fundamental law based on Blackstone, as they all referred to Blackstone, studied Blackstone, studied under Blackstone, was the Ten Commandments. That's, the funda- that's our Judeo-Christian heritage, the Ten Commandments. Right. So what Jefferson was saying is, that, you know, don't worry about that. Uh, there's the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law. Respecting an establishment of religion. They'll not establish a religion. Right. Congressman um, shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or bridging the freedom of speech or the right. press or right of to people peaceably to assemble and petition government for redress of grievances. Right. Uh, interestingly, the word people there obviously means the word people. Mm-hmm. It means people. Sure. Now the second amendment, if we have a minute. It looks like we have oh, another okay. phone
2: call. We're going to get into the second amendment. But we'll interrupt you for just a minute here. Hello. 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 Yes. yes, you're on the air Hi, yes. what, what's your name?
1: Uh, my name is John
2: Okay, what's your question I, uh, for us? I
1: want to thank you for having Mr. Boyce on I, uh, I understand Boyce is running uh, for assembly Yes And I got a question on the saltwater fishing license Okay Thanks for that
0: Okay Oh, what I think of it Yes I haven't had much time to go. (laughs) It doesn't make any difference to me. I have no time to go fishing. (laughs) And I probably couldn't afford one anyway. Uh, No, this is baloney. Well, you'll be representing I think God put the fish in the ocean, and people need to catch them. I remember a time I was so broke. I mean, there was a time in my life I had lost everything. I'm living in a school bus, and uh, (laughs) I've got a choice between, uh, you know, Uh, jumping through some regulatory hoop or buying food for my kids. (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, a fishing license to somebody in hard times, a fishing license can make the difference between uh, having a fish to eat or not having a fish to eat, Mm -hmm. and that's where it needs to be. You know, God put the fish in the ocean, and uh, I'm against licenses. You shouldn't have to get a license to do what's right, to do what's moral, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what do we do? We have God given rights. We have God given rights as so long as we get permission from somebody. Yeah. Now, I'm opposed to the saltwater fishing permits. Now, there was an issue that came up. We've only got a few minutes left. An issue came up. There was a group of sport fishermen that were protesting. There's actually a coalition of sportsmen's groups, anglers, and uh, so on, that were protesting about. Uh, artificial reef that was created with federal funds that they had contributed through fees on buying tackle and so on created this artificial reef solely for the purpose of sport fishermen but the commercial fishermen have kind of taken over because that's where the fish are so they're laying their trap lines and so on and there's a big conflict so they were protesting outside Nelson Ambano's office who god willing for win the primary he'll be uh, who I'm running against because he was both uh, a sponsor of the bill to get the commercial fishermen off the reef, because they didn't pay for it, the sport fishermen paid for it, but even though he's a sponsor of the bill, he's on the committee, and being in the committee that that bill was in, he was blockading the bill from coming to the floor, and they were pretty upset about it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on, but my my instinct is, I'm, I don't like to have to get a permit to do something that's moral and right and good. You should be able to just go and catch a fish, right, or catch a whole boatload of fish. Right. government it's not there's nothing in the constitution in the state or the federal constitutions uh about fishing <laughs> you
2: know? it's just really so another God, excuse for so the state God-giving to make money off the licenses yeah. isn't it i don't just know if something else to
0: charge you for that's it it's just one more one more fee yeah uh did i address your question john or anything you can yeah, add
1: yes you did uh you know this leads up to uh i spend a, a good third of my life getting licenses permits fees um acquiring the money to pay for them as well. And I'm a businessman, and uh, it takes a lot of my business time acquiring all the licenses uh, to do what we need to do in business.
0: I can believe it. That's that's the regulatory stranglehold that's on small businesses. We've got to repeal, I like to say repeal, reduce, and roll back these unconstitutional regulatory burdens so that small businesses can breathe again. Entrepreneurs create jobs. Bureaucrats create regulations and taxes. That's one more regulation that's... I worked one of my first jobs when I moved to South Jersey just over 40 years ago was on a commercial clammer, and uh, they're so regulated. I mean, commercial fishermen are so regulated. So when I first heard about this controversy between the sport fishermen and the commercial fishermen, I tended to side with the commercial fishermen, not fully knowing the issue that these guys had already paid for the reef. But I sided with the commercial fishermen because they're under such regulations, they can barely they can barely make it as it is. So they're naturally going to go where the fish are to try to keep food on their tables. Yeah, that's. Government just needs to back off everything it gets involved in that it has no business. It's just supposed to protect our rights, and that's it.
2: Our basic rights. Just
0: our basic God-given rights. Other than that. Defend us from our enemies. Leave and, us alone uh, and we'll
2: prosper. Yeah. Well. <sighs> Thank you, John. Yep. To get Thank back you. to uh, what we were talking about, the separation of church and state, I, I don't know if you've heard about this new law that they're trying to pass. I think it's the American atheist or someone has is, is brought a suit that they – they uh, under their understanding it's unconstitutional to have a cross in a cemetery so they want to have all the crosses removed <laughs> from all the cemeteries across
0: the nation what do you think of that idea uh, i think that's r- i think that's they r-
2: think that that's an uh, an establishment of well, religion
0: i think it, before that would happen then uh, national atheist day has to be abolished you're familiar with National Atheist? Is there one? Yeah, sure, there is. April first. April first. Okay. 1st. The Bible says the fool in his heart has said right. there is no God. Now they've got a national, they've got a national day for their own for their for their own uh, creed. Let's see, where are you? Okay. Oh, uh, uh, anti the uh, ACLU, the anti-Christian litigation unit. Okay. You know, I've also heard them re- referred to as the uh, uh, American. Communist Lawyers Union. Okay, (laughs) close enough. Yeah, that's that's what's that's what's behind it. Now to get the, like I said, the Supreme Court when they ruled to take the Ten Commandments out of the schoolrooms, and what their reasoning was is that the kids might read them, and if they read them, then they might they might obey them. them. Yeah, and that would be unacceptable. Uh, What's so unacceptable about not murdering, not stealing, honoring your parents? I mean, that's pretty that's (laughs) pretty radical. (laughs) So what do we have? We have kids now where it used to be the, the the biggest issues in school were chewing gum shooting spit wads and and now right. it's
2: uh, murder rape theft killing your like teacher <laughs> and having machine guns and uzis in it's the classroom and it's <laughs> just the seeds that have been sown by the unbelievable
0: well anything else you'd like to uh
2: add vote. in the last couple get of minutes out, we, you've we have got to get out
0: there june 7th and vote in the primary I, okay, I can't I can't make any difference in Trenton if I'm not there. Especially to,
2: if you're a Christian and you agree with anything we've said here today, you
0: need to get out and vote your conscience. I need to win the primary June seventh. This is uh, first legislative district of all of Cape May County, most of Cumberland County except Bridgeton, Cedarville, and uh, also those in Atlanta County listening: Corbin City, Estelle Manor, and Weymouth are in the first district. Okay, column column two, it's right. uh, Tom Gretto Peter Boyce. Paul Halley, we're the ones did not get the anointing of the, or the coronation of the Republican leadership. Yeah, because uh, we're gonna, we're running to make a difference. Um, if you're either registered Republican or if you're independent or an affiliated, you can walk in that day and just declare you want to vote in the Republican primary. If you want to switch back the next day, fine. But you've got to get out and vote uh, to replace to replace the Democrats with the same version of Republicans is not going to make a difference. You've got to get guys that understand the Constitution and are willing to fight to defend it. Right. Turn things around, save our state, our counties, our our schools. They've got to be willing to fight, not go there just to get along.
2: And I see here by your brochure that you consider yourself a Tea Party Constitutionalist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, most of the people I taught the uh, Constitution courses to from the Tea Party. Visit the website, voiceyourvoice.com. Leave a message. Leave your contact information. When we give the course, it's a free twelve-week course. Wonderful course. When we give it in Cape May County, we'll be able to contact you, let you know the time and date and place that it's going to be held. Okay. That's one way. Get in. Get it. Get it. Educated and get involved.
2: And uh, so, I guess the best way to contact you and your movement is through the website.
0: Either through the website, voiceyourvoice.com, or, or uh, my wife's uh, cell phone, six zero nine five zero one three three four one.
2: Okay. Okay, you heard that, and uh, we thank Mr. Boyce for being here with us today, and uh, it's been a very interesting discussion. Thank you, Kirk. This was Um, fun. Yeah. I hope everybody out there has learned something from this. I certainly have. And uh, okay, so that's about all we have time for today. Well, Josh tells me we have one minute, so anything else you want to add for 30 seconds? Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Thomas Jefferson, God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God, that they are not to be violated but with his wrath?
2: Yep. Okay. It's coming. That's a good quote to end with. So join us again next week at 4 o'clock p.m. on WIBG 1020 a.m., And always remember the best reason for being a Christian is because it's true.